morning, Alan. I'm looking at a, a copy of uh, the most recent edition of the Sunday Business Post. Uh, it says construction firms threaten to down tools and housing and road schemes. How has it come to this or what has been happening, Tom? Well, I think we all know that we're in a period of very, very dangerous high inflation. Um, and, uh, you know, that's particularly uh, uh, in construction material. Back as late as last August, we wrote to the, the, the Department of Public Expenditure outlining that timber had gone up by 30% and that steel had gone up by 36%. Now, that's continued to increase since. The biggest difficulty, I suppose, for construction firms, if you're dealing with a public sector contract, uh, there is no facility in a public sector contract uh, to deal with uh, price inflation. Uh, these contracts were new Irish contracts were set up uh, independent of any other country. There is a specific Irish contract and uh, it makes no provision for inflation. Um, and obviously they were set up, I think, back in 2007, a period of of, uh, inf- of deflation. And, uh, you know, we've gone through now. The industry and CIF have been complaining yeah. to government about these all along. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously with the hyperinflation now, it's just impossible and it's going to put companies to the wall. Okay. We gave the minister an example yesterday of a 62-unit social housing project. It was valued at £13.6 uh, million when the contractor took it on about eight months ago. And now he stands to lose two, £2 million and 40000 And it's going to overrun by 20% because of supply chain issues in terms of getting product. And obviously, COVID had an impact on that. Uh, So that's just a a typical example of something that might be happening in Wexford. Um, The diesel, obviously, is a major problem as well. And if you have a a civil engineering project where you have uh, diggers and dozers and trucks hauling clay and hauling back in sand, that's adding more than 10% to the overall cost of the contract. So, you know, public sector contracts take a long time. Yes. They're put out to tender. Uh, you get maybe a couple of months for uh, a contractor to put in his price. Uh, and then maybe six or eight or up to 18 months can go by before the contractor is advised that he's won the contract. So, you know, we have all this right. situation where, you know, overall costs could be gone up to 14 to 20%. And now there's no facility to recoup. Okay. And if you sign the contract, you have an obligation. We all know that if you sign a contract, you have an obligation. But we made it very clear to the minister yesterday, and it wasn't in any way threatening, mm-hmm. but saying that there's companies that have their own responsibility to their own, if it's a family company, to their own cash and their own family involvement and to their workers, that they can't just stay going in a suicidal contract that's going to put them out of business. Right. Okay, like you gave one example. I've, I, I From the Sunday Business Post article, it has, has stated that steel has tripled in price, so that's gone up from €430 Euro per tonne to €1,500. Euro. So price inflation is the issue here. So, so when you met the minister yesterday, did he give you any assurance that he would put in temporary subsidies or did he give you any indication that he would help the industry? Well, I think the first thing he acknowledged that we're in a very difficult situation and that, in, that inflation is very problematic. He had uh, his civil servants with him, the, the head of the Office of Government Procurement um, and, and other deeper officials. So, you know, officialdom can be dreadfully slow and clearly somebody is going to have to sign off on this. Now, we've been liaising with those senior officials you know, for months and months and months now, and nothing has happened. Um, and we just had to be very firm with the minister and say, look, we're being put out of business. This is not tenable. We need a solution. So, so he he was quite firm as well with his officials and said, look, uh, he wants some proposals brought forward for next week. Okay. Now, we know that proposals have been looked at and have been there in the melting pot for a while. Um, but basically, it's not a subsidy. It would be that... Uh, where you can where you can show like uh, hot roll steel 
and if you're making a lot of the modular buildings now or that sort of stuff, you used hot rolled steel and you'd have a folding mechanism and then you fold it into whatever shape you want. That's gone up in the last month from from 600 euros to 1500 euros wow. a ton. Rebar, which is the reinforcing stuff that goes into every foundation and is probably the biggest used tons of steel. You can't really begin a building without putting in uh, the concrete foundation with the rebar. It's got from 900 euros a ton to 1,350 in the last four weeks. Right. So, like, the Ukrainian crisis has brought on this hyperinflation that is impossible to deal with. Okay, so, and we're so, more or less saying to the Minister, look at all the housing and all the yeah. public infrastructure is just going to come to a standstill unless we find some way of dealing with it. So the much heralded National Development Plan and the, and the very much heralded Housing for All Plan, these, according to what you're telling me now, are very much in jeopardy. Very much. And I saw a heading yesterday on the Farming Independent where it says the cost of farm sheds has doubled since the start of this year. So if you're a farmer and you're building a new milking parlour or a new shed for your cattle mm. or for your grain or for whatever, and obviously there are some grant aid as well, and clearly the grant aid that was applicable to a shed that was costing uh, 20000 you know, on the 1st of January, and now the shed is costing 40000 it's very... Uh, so that's just a fact of life. Ooh. The steel and the zinc sheeting that you would use on a typical farm shed or any other shed is just gone through the roof. And uh, there has to be an acknowledgement of that at government level. Literally and gone so through the roof, Tom. Literally gone through the roof. Look, um, what about <laughs> the, what about fun, the yeah. supply chain and shortage of materials? Yeah, look, it's, it is difficult. Um, but, you know, I suspect, and it depends on who you listen to, uh, you know, there's no indication that the Ukrainian crisis is going to end anytime soon. The sanctions that are being applied right across Europe and the world are going to limit, obviously, fuel for a start, anyhow, whether it be gas or coal or, or, or uh, crude oil. Uh, that certainly looks like staying there. Um, and that has a, a knock-on effect then. Like typical stuff on a farm, the, the, the plastic for silage wrapping, uh, you know, that's all coming from, from gas. Uh, but all of the plastic piping and construction, uh, the steel very, very much. And Ukraine and Russia are the source of a lot of the uh, materials used in like the likes of nickel and the likes of lithium uh, used in new electric cars and in batteries and so on. Um, you know, that's all being disrupted very, very much. And right. even if the crisis was, if there was a, a breakthrough in the peace talks and Russia withdrew, I understand there's about a trillion euro or dollars worth of damage done in the Ukraine. And clearly that's going to suck up a massive lot of global material and particularly from that uh, scale of the world. And I'm sure there will be martial plans and, and attempts to try and rebuild the, the devastation that has happened there. All right. What, what is, what's the situation regarding recruitment and retention of staff within the building trade? How, how short are you? Uh, are, are there plans to develop apprenticeships further? What's happening in those areas, please? Yeah, well... It's a struggle now, obviously, to get people, and we're competing with a lot of other sectors, and we know that uh, unemployment rates are, are, are falling. Uh, but, you know, construction activity could well be impacted by this. Uh, if a private client is building a facility, now, a lot of the big farmers and big IT companies, they have the resources and the reserves to cope with the inflated extra costs. But there's lots of other players. If you just, as I mentioned, uh, whether it be a farm shed or an extension to your house, uh, having priced it last December, and now the builder comes back and said, look at him, awful sorry, the steel is doubled. They, uh, uh, yesterday, all of our members got letters from Kilsarin and from Roadstone um, to do with uh, price of concrete. Everything is up by an, another 10% 
from the 1st of May. Right across the board, that's uh, blocks, uh, silo mix, mortars, paving products, stone and aggregates, uh, bituminous product, everything. So, like, right across the board. So, People that plan the extension and have a budget or people plan the farm extension or whatever in business, and now you find that it's gone, uh, that it's gone way, way beyond the budget, are likely to say, look, I'm going to hold off, can't afford to do it, maybe I'll wait till the inflation dies down and something happens. Right. Of course, the one thing you've got to do is negotiate the situation. So if you, if you manage to get some sort of a breakthrough, what happens if they go up further in three to six months' time? You, you've, you, you and your role as Director General of CIF, you've, you've a lot on your plate, haven't you? Absolutely. Like the industry, uh, the, 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 the tragedy of a company going bust, and unfortunately we've had a company lately, a long-standing uh, civil engineering firm that worked all over the world and did wonderful work, uh, but they went uh, went into liquidation uh, in the last month or so. A thousand jobs plus gone, and the the wreckage from suppliers around the country, decent family companies, long established in sand and gravel and ready mix and all other supplies, uh, now left. The receiver is in, and his primary role is to try and recover uh, the lending of the banks. All other creditors look like they're going to be left high and dry. That is absolutely devastation. It's the it's the most awful, saddest thing that I deal with when people ring me up and say, look, right. it, I've been caught in this particular situation. And, uh, the, and the projects that are being done as well get left in limbo. So I think that was the conversation yesterday with the minister. He doesn't want to see any more companies going bust if it can be avoided. He doesn't want the projects that they're doing being left high and dry because, uh, you know, if school is half built and the builder goes bust, uh, it could take 12 months before you get a new builder back in size. Chances are the price is going to be gone through the roof as well. So there is a solution to this. It should have been reached a long time ago. We've been raising it for a long time ago to bring in a fair... Um, price variation clause, similar to ones that happen all over the world. There, it's not that we're trying to create uh, something new. Uh, there are uh, what's called NEC or FIDI contracts, or even the Royal Institute of Architects of Ireland have a clause 36 in contracts that yeah. allows uh, for a fair uh, uh, write-up of price. Uh, and quantity surveying firms operate for my members and they operate for the client, be it the Department of Education or a private client or a local authority and so on. Yeah. That's an exact science. So okay. they can look at the, the bill of quantities and anyway you can say, unfortunately, the, the steel that you priced in at 600 is now 1,200 quid. We'll have to make an allowance for that. That's all we're looking for. Thanks, Tom. Uh, do keep us well informed, will you please? Because as you and I both know, it is a, a huge employer in County Wexford as well and there will be major concerns. But any breakthrough, particularly in the dealings with Minister Michael McGraw, will you keep us up to date, please? Be delighted to, anytime.